Now, it's Health and Wellbeing with naturopath Peter Mullen. Well, maybe we've saved the best to first this time around. The lifestyle programs are back. Health and Wellbeing, Peter Mullen, you're back refreshed from... You've been all over the world over Christmas time. Mate, uh, Mark, I have had a, um, a very adventurous holiday and I thought mm. I'd... You know, I've always wanted to share my um, holiday, you know, with the wider population. So as a hello and welcome back to everyone from me. Why do I get the feeling... I thought I'd tell them all about my holiday. Well, I get the feeling it'll be like you put a heap of slides in one of those Kodak <laughs> carousels and we'll be it's looking at... It's a shame. It. It's a shame it's not a visual show, isn't it? <laughs> and a bit of weight loss too this morning, this afternoon. Yes, yes. Mm, for we'll Christmas. All, and I'll tie that all together. You want to start with holidays. You were pretty excited to be on holiday. India is where you went to start yes. with. Yes, so I had... I had um, my daughter was doing, a, or is still over there actually, doing a, a yoga teacher training course and I sort of invited myself along on her back end of her or the front end of her break. Yeah, just being an annoying parent. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And, um, yeah, I had the best time. Like, it's interesting, when I was a, a student at college 30-odd years ago, um, you know, any naturopathic student worth his salt, you know, India was the mecca, the place to go and... Um, spend some time learning meditation, doing yoga, whatever. But mm. just the naturopaths and the Beatles—that's what it was—and <laughs> <laughs> all the other hippies in the world, yeah. I would say. Mm. Um, but it was interesting. Like while I was at the the yoga village, like I went to a couple of their lectures, and interestingly, their principles around diet, lifestyle, um, how the body works—you know—that the body has this innate ability to heal and repair itself. Um, the importance of diet, exercise, it's all verbatim what we sort of practice and preach from a naturopathic point of view. So our concept of natural medicine really has come from these Eastern cultures initially. Which is very interesting too because uh, that's where we're sort of at today is you have the holiday, you, but we can sort of we can sort of overindulge, can't we, at Christmas yeah, time? Yeah, look, it, it's, it's one of those things and... Um, the the latest research is really quite fascinating about um, why so many people struggle not only to lose weight but to sort of keep that weight off. Um, one of the articles I was reading was saying that the majority of weight gain in the year actually happens over the holiday periods. You know, Easter, two weeks away, two weeks over Christmas, that people's weight can be consistent but every time they go on holidays they'll put on two or three kilos. Now, if they don't get those two or three kilos off, that's when the weight gain happens is when we're totally out of our normal routine. So you mentioned like, like going on holidays. Obviously, we're having fun. We're enjoying it. And food is always a big part of that. So it's quite easy to see why that happens. Yes. You also mentioned it can be harder to get off. Why do you think we struggle to, to keep it off? Because well, that's my thing. I, can, I put it on. I get rid of it. But then I, I sort of struggle once it's gone. Well, look, it's one of, the, one of the, the interesting new things that have come out is about um, the set point. So everyone has in their brain, in their hypothalamus, like a set point, like a figure that their body or their brain has decided is your set point. Now, so what does that mean? Well, say, like I had a, a client in today, and when we looked back at his, his history over the last 10 years... And he's a person that's always dieted and exercised and tried to lose weight. But when we actually look at what his weight's done the last 10 years, it's pretty much stayed exactly the same. Or he's lost 10 kilos and he's gone back up to exactly the point that his brain is set at. So his set point is, say, um, 110 kilos. And doesn't matter how much weight he loses, 
he might lose 10 kilos, he lost 15 kilos, he lost 20 kilos one time. But inevitably what happened as soon as he went back to his normal diet and lifestyle and also his brain wasn't happy being 20 kilos below where it liked to sit. Which is, which is funny because that's where he probably needed to be. He did need to yeah. be there, but he's, he didn't set it, reset his set point. So his weight went, and this is what happens, people's weight goes back up to exactly where they were before. Mm-hmm. So we're actually fighting against, because uh, um, we have it in our minds. We have, we, ego-wise, we think, oh, yeah, I should be able to lose 10 kilos, and because that's what I want, that should be where I sit. But we have to actually reset that set point. Now, there's three ways to reset that set point, which I'll talk about in a minute. But for me... Um, to reset that set point, you've got to get down to your ideal weight, but then you've got to maintain that weight for a minimum of 12 months so that your brain actually registers that this is your new set point. So it really does take that bit of time. So you get it down to what is where you just need to be. Yes. And you've got to hang tight there for for a long while. Yeah, because you really... It's like um, the body's continually keeping our blood sugar in balance. It doesn't like us to go too high or too low. Um, our body likes to keep our blood pressure fairly steady. It doesn't like it to go too high or too low. Same with weight. If you If you think of it this way, like our body's designed to keep the same weight However, if there's a lot of calorie, high-caloric foods around, then we'll eat more of those high-caloric foods and our brain, once it gets a taste, will think, this is great, shovel heaps in because I want to put on a couple of kilos so that if there's a famine next week, I've got reserves. So our brain is actually geared towards, in some respects, keeping the weight the same, but it will take the opportunity to put on extra weight in preparation. But unfortunately, the brain doesn't want to lose weight. Why would the brain want to lose weight? It's happy with you being steady where you are. It's interesting, isn't it? So mm. that's that's the big issue with weight and weight loss is there's so many diets out there. You can do the keto diet. You can do a low-fat diet. And interestingly, you know, stats are suggesting that a low-fat diet and a ketogenic diet are just as effective for people for fat loss. However, the big issue is around this set point. And um, I've got some really interesting stories about why that's so difficult to shift and we're talking this your set point today in terms of getting your weight right and uh, Pete, you've got some examples on how this may work for us well so yeah so we're talking about um this concept like so many times you, you go to a talk on weight loss and it'll be about you know a new new type of diet like the keto diet or the low-fat diet or the csro diet or the mediterranean diet and they're all great styles of diets and they generally do help people to, to lose body fat but it's long term the problem is unless we reset that set point then our weight inevitably goes back up to where it was maybe with a kilo or two more and they're actually well wow, that's depressing it is and, and it's actually interesting that our physiology or our brain our brain may be hardwired to actually make it difficult for us to lose weight and keep it off without adopting a few extra <laughs> That's also tricks. depressing. It is, isn't it? Because if we're, and people give themselves, we all give ourselves such a hard time about um, diet and food and that, you know, we've got weak willpower and we can't stick to it. But there's three... Meanwhile, so, we're snookered from the, speak, from the get-go. We are, we are, unless we can unsnooker ourselves. So the theory is, so my theory is that to reset your set point, you've got to get down to your ideal weight and maintain it for 12 months. What the research is suggesting that, you know, supportive of that actual approach, there's three things that you can do long-term to really um, reset that set point. Now, apparently from the 1970s, 
our daily average calorie, I forget it in kilojoules, but our calorie input is about 320 calories a day more generally we're, we're eating now than what we did back in the 1970s. So we're all on average eating more calories every day because of ease of convenience because of you do, know do you think that's more that our the, the foods or the meals that we're the eating are more calorie dense or we're just eating more or or it is the junk food combination combination our portion size has shifted you know like now what we see is a, a, a healthy amount of food on a plate is actually probably um a third bigger i think one study said than what we ideally need so you know the old saying is our eyes are bigger than our belly <laughs> Um, they've caught up. <laughs> they've caught up. And also higher calorie dense foods as well. Mm. You know, and higher high calorie dense toppings on top of food. So, so number one. Well, they taste so good, but that's yeah, the problem. But the, the, but the reason, we'll get onto that in a minute. So, number one is we need to reduce our calories by 30% long term. So, so many people, when they lose weight, will actually reduce. You know, they'll lose weight effectively, but then, and their calories have come down as well. But as soon as they start to eat, they go back to their old calorie input and their weight comes back on. So we need to find ways of reducing our calories. Now, there's a number of ways you can do that really easily. I'm a bit of a fan for using a really good quality protein powder. So if you replace your breakfast every day with a protein powder that has no carbs and low fat, over a week, straight away, you've reduced your normal calorie input without making it a big deal. Does that make sense? So even without yeah. dieting, replacing one meal a day with a protein shake, you've reduced your calorie input for a week. How's that going to go with your, your mind with with hunger and, and your, um, your appetite? Is the, what pro, no, for. the protein shakes are good. If you have a good quality protein shake, you should feel satisfied with that till lunchtime. Okay, and it is going to sort of drop the calories, so therefore it's a, it becomes a numbers game. It's a no-brainer, and you've, mm. slow, you've sneakily snuck past your brain, so your brain doesn't think you're dieting. As soon mm. as you mention dieting to your brain and restriction, what inevitably happens is that there's that part of yourself starts to build up that resistance about the whole concept. Now, the second thing, and this is, this is, uh, this is a really neat concept, it's called, or what's so the second way that we need to... So reducing our calorie input has been shown to help reset our set point because your body's got to get used to lower calories so it's going to adjust your set point over time. Number two, you'll love this one, number two is we need to adopt a low palatable diet. So what do you mean by that? A bland, we need to eat bland food. <sighs> so Where's what I mean by... Okay. <laughs> What I mean by that, so they did this awesome, or not awesome, they did this study with rats and they had these rats in their rat house and they had food available for the rats all the time in a feeder, you know, like rat pellets mm, or whatever, yeah. and the rats ate when they were hungry and then did a, went about their rat business, and, but the rats all stayed lean. When they took that highly, that bland food out and replaced it with junk food, Every day they put junk food in. They replaced in. it with taste is what they did. They replaced yeah. it with highly, what are called highly palatable foods. Mm. Now They ate they, more? They gorged themselves. They ate all the food in one sitting. They had no rat self-control. So quite literally, when it was the bland, plain diet, the rats had all the self-control in the world. And people will, listening will appreciate this, that when you're on a roll with a healthy eating plan, 
you don't overeat. Like if you're going to have, and what I mean by a bland diet, I don't mean a bland diet like that we should eat rat pellets, but I mean like a nice chicken salad with avocado or maybe an olive oil dressing and, you know, fresh lemon juice. Like it's not a bland as in a, not a tasty diet, but what they've determined, highly palatable foods, and this is what all the food companies recognise, highly palatable foods are foods that are high in, what do you think? Sugar. Sugar, yeah. but also not just sugar, foods that are high in sugar and fat. Sugar mm. and fat, that combination is the bomb that gets us in that um, where part of our brain will lose self-control. And this is where me, myself as well, if I've got a block of chocolate, I have to eat the whole block of chocolate. I've got no control. <laughs> so we're like these rats. So when they gave the rats the junk food every day, the rats gorged themselves, ate all the junk, all their daily calories in one go. They were biting each other to get at the food, and they all became obese. So when they took that highly palatable food, food high in, um, high in sugar, fat, and also additives and preservatives, when they took that away and gave the rats just that plain bland diet again, the rats initially had a really big appetite. They ate lots of it, but eventually their appetite settled down. They went back to just eating when they needed to, and they all became lean again. Alrighty, there is something in that, Peter. Uh, we'll come back and wrap up uh, in a little while with uh, health and well-being today. You actually didn't notice that I'd lost a couple of kilos since we spoke last, so thank you for not noticing. Um, no, you actually do look slimmer. I thought it was just the black T-shirt, but <laughs> fair enough. It's too late now. <laughs> right, we're talking about trying to keep that that excess holiday weight off. We're talking set points. Uh, where, where can we leave this today? So, so the two first two points in resetting that set point is um, making sure that you reduce your calories by 30% mm -hmm. overall. Um, number two is that you avoid highly palatable foods. So those foods, that, those foods actually, once they're in our way, we get a taste for them. It triggers a dopamine response in the brain. That's why people feel like they've got no control once they start eating the wrong things. Um, so we just need to sort of... Now we're aware of the power of those foods to really manipulate our brain chemistry... Quite literally, they manipulate our brain chemistry. We just have to make that more and more of a rule or a law just within ourselves. We just don't have these foods available in our house. And if you're out and you come across something, fine, but just don't bring it home. So we've got to retrain ourselves. It's funny you say that because I know whenever I've got um, junk food in the house and it's always, oh, we'll save that for when the nieces come over to give them a treat. And quite often if they don't sort of turn up for a week or two, it's never it's still there by the time they come. So once it's in, if it's not in the house, if it's not there, you're not thinking about not it. Not thinking about it, that's right. And, and the other interesting thing they did is they showed, talking about the chemical effect of food on our brain, they mm. showed pictures of food to people that were overweight and, their brain chemi and they measured their brain activity. Their brain chemistry went off like firecrackers. So even for some people, you know, I've got patients that say, if I only have to walk past a cake shop and I'll put on two kilos, mm. quite literally their physiology... Once they see that picture, their physiology is already primed, ready as if they're going to eat that food. And they did the same with lean people, showed them pictures of junk food, and they still had a similar response. So we just can't, these foods, and, and it's like if I mentioned chocolate 15 times in this segment today, a lot of people out there unconsciously would then take over and start thinking about chocolate, and before they know it, they'd be finding themselves looking in the cupboard for a chocolate. So that's what these food companies know um, they've got us hooked because we're all addicted to these foods once they're in our path. So, so avoiding. So that's where the That's where some of the advertising comes. You often wonder why we don't see the same amount or the same aggressive type of 
promotion for really healthy foods. Yeah, you no, don't, don't see it. You don't. Like, no. like you see, like for chocolates or ice cream, or in, in there's y- people having a great time. Yeah, and, yeah. But we don't. Yeah. You don't sort of see people rallying around an avocado or a banana the same way on TV. No, no. So that's what. I, that's so. That's number two. Is we've got to find a way of like really avoiding those foods, recognizing them for the evil that they are. Um, and number three is exercise. You know, to reset your set point and actually, interestingly, sleep. Exercise first. So exercise um, helps to reset your set point. It doesn't help initially with your fat loss, um, but it helps long-term to give you a better metabolism and reset your set point. A lot of the biggest losers, um, when they did um, the... the when they lost a lot of weight quickly, they really damaged their metabolisms. And even six years further along, their metabolisms are still much slower than they used to be. So you need to go about this in a healthful way as well. Um, but, yeah, so exercise. And then the, the fourth thing, secret weapon, is making sure you get enough sleep. They've found that people that get only six hours sleep a night won't be able to or will have a lot of trouble reshifting or shifting their set point. People that have good quality sleep in conjunction with what we've talked about will actually help to um, reset that set point. Yeah, maybe get rid of some of the stress, you'll get the sleep and that might help yeah, as well. Yeah, absolutely. So interesting, isn't it? The sleep is like, um, sleep's in some respect they're saying even more effective for helping to reset the set point than exercise. Good quality sleep. So yeah. how did you lose your two kilos? Oh, I don't... I, might, three. Be, might be... I'm not, I haven't checked the numbers, so I just know that there has been some. Look, I've started going... I got more sleep, so that was good. Yeah. Got rid of some stress, got some sleep happening. Um, don't have any of the... many of the bad foods lingering around anymore at home. So you've so cut, out, cut out all those highly palatable gone. junk foods? Gone, gone, yeah. not at home. So when they're not at home, you don't see them, therefore there's nothing to be excited about because it's not, you know, within... Not in sleep. your face, you're not thinking about it. Yep. Yeah, and, uh, and back doing exercise, so... You yeah, know. and how often are you exercising? Oh, pretty much daily. Okay. Pretty okay. much daily, uh, up to 90 minutes a day. Oh, fantastic. Most so, days. So really that's the three points. You've reduced your calories because you've cut out junk food eating between meals. You're avoiding those highly palatable foods mm. and you've increased your exercise and, your, and you've maybe been more relaxed. Generally. Generally yeah. and sleeping better. So that's the key. Now, the challenge with you though is long term. We need to now that we recognise those how dangerous those highly palatable foods are for long term weight management. Just keep consolidating in the meantime. I guess how bad they are, and that our goal long term is for you to get down to your ideal, and then maintain it for twelve months. That's uh, it always. You sounds, could actually be yeah. the, gin, the 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 poster boy for um. Well, let's not go that far. <laughs> let's not go that far. Peter, a, a great lesson as always, and not a bad way to kick off uh, twenty nineteen. Next week on the program, what have you got for us? Um, I'm not sure, actually. I think um, we might talk a bit more about um, weight loss. Okay, we'll keep it going. Actually, because it is such a big thing, and I think so many people set themselves up to to be disappointed, and then it just, you know, it affects self, um, you know, self-esteem. You know, for some women, it can go as far as triggering depression and anxiety. And I guess I just wanted to get across today that the reason why it is hard is because it is hard. Mm-hmm. But there is some fantastic tips and ways that you can really make this process a lot easier, not just to lose weight in the first place, but to maintain it long term. So that's what that's what we're really all about, is helping to re-educate people that it's not your fault and that there's definitely some really great things you can do to really make a big difference. Not a bad way to finish. Uh, health and wellbeing with Peter Marlin. We'll catch you next Tuesday after midday. 
Thank you, Mark. Lovely to see you again too for the new year. Always, and you got a holiday I didn't, so <laughs> all over the world. I'll tell, I'll tell you more about the holidays next week as well. I'm sure he will. He's I'll drag got, it out. He's got those Kodak slides ready to go. Two and URFM 103.7. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Two and URFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business, and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.